Hey, what's up, guys? And we're back with another episode of The Breakdown. I'm Hello. Joe Rodonis with Ryan Turner. Ryan Turner. And we have a very special guest with us, us today. You care to say your name, sir? My name's Alonzo. <laughs> <laughs> Alonzo Wilson, everybody. Bringing the excitement <laughs> with him. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. So we're excited to have you on the show, Alonzo. So Alonzo Wilson is the founder of tone house which we we all work at and are employed with Uh Uh, so alonzo we wanted to have on um a fascinating gentleman ever since i first met you i've been so intrigued with your story and why you started tone house um a place that i think is honestly one of the best workouts in in the world in my opinion Um, i've been completely addicted to it love the philosophy behind it and the story Mm mm-hmm it's a great place. So I've been curious about, I've been really curious to get Alonzo on and hear more about his backstory and share more with him about you. Um, you know, Alonzo has an athletic background. He's played uh, predominantly football, but also track, basketball. Track, basketball. I mean, in New York City where I grew up, we only had basketball at the time. Um, so I grew up playing basketball. I didn't start playing football until I moved to Arizona. And um, it's a funny story because when I moved to Arizona, I was uh, excited to get uh, my mom acclimated with uh, the coaching staff, and I told her that, hey, you know, the, this basketball coach is supposed to call. I was visiting um, uh, my grandmother in New York at the time. I said, Mom, this is back. See, people don't realize, but back in the day, we actually just had a phone at home. So if you called the house and they weren't home, you wouldn't get them. So <laughs> <laughs> there's no cell phone. So I told her that, um, you know, this coach is going to call. And she said, well, a coach did call, but he didn't say it was basketball. He said it was uh, the football coach. So... Um, it was Coach Wheelie that called me, and later I met him and decided to play football at the at the school as well. Alonzo, how big were you at that age? So, <laughs> I hear that there is a picture of you that is apparently eleven years old. It looks like that you've now lifted seventeen it look, cars it at looks once. Like you're and married you had with your two license. Kids. Yes, it's amazing. <laughs> no, not not at all. I mean, I was eleven in that picture. When I moved to Arizona, I was fourteen. I just turned fourteen. It was the halfway part of my freshman year, and I was six one and two o two. It's a big boy. I didn't seem that. I thought I was a normal sized kid, but I would to put that in perspective. I was five foot five. I weighed one hundred and twenty five pounds. So <laughs> you're you were you would have kicked my ass. I, I most definitely will not. And look, <laughs> and look at you now. My goodness gracious! Thanks to Tone House, my friend. You're like a, a Greek statue. If a Greek statue was walking by, it would be you. <laughs> Always dishing out the compliments. I love this guy. Thank you, Zoe. So football happens. So what transpired? You get into football. You're, how did high school go? Because this turned into, obviously, a little bit of something for you. So, so what happened in high school with your football career? So I, um, the football coach called. I, I went to his office, and, and I told him that I'd never played before. Um, and uh, he said, that's fine. He could teach, us, teach me um, you know, how to play in the rules and things. And I uh, Started lifting weights. I did my first power clean when I was 14 years old. Uh, it's probably 1992 ish. <laughs> anyway, um, I went out there. My first tackle was funny because they said, you know, it's you could you could grab them and throw them on the ground, and do whatever you want. So yeah. I I thought I could do this. So when the guy came running with the ball, I grabbed his face mask and I flung him on the ground. Everyone said, "Oh my goodness, <laughs> <laughs> no!" <laughs> 
you can't. I was like, well, wait a minute. You just said that I could grab him and throw him on the ground. They're like, yes, but you can't grab his face, man. I said, well, you didn't say I could you grab him. clarify, <laughs> sir. I tried to tell you. I'm from Jamaica, Queens, and we did not have football, okay? I had no idea. I told you this from the beginning. You should let me out there. But no, they once they realized that what I meant, I didn't understand the game. Um, I did not. They said, well, you know, with your body type and your athletic ability, once you figure out what's going on, you know, you're going to be a hard person to, uh, to stop. So that's kind of how that started in high school. I was pretty much a person that had a lot of athletic ability and with uh, strength, it always kind of came uh, fairly, I wouldn't say easy for me because I was always a hard worker. Yeah. But um, I would always see high gains in my in my strength. Um, like I was benching uh, three, whatever. By the time I was 16, I was squatting 500 pounds at 16. Wow. Um, so even though when I was on the field, I might not necessarily knew, I didn't know really the down and distance tendencies and things like that that a lot of the other kids knew that played Pop Warner and I didn't understand how to use my hands versus instead of using my um, my chest to move a person um, it uh, I still was able to, to, to do very well and be all state and things like that just for the simple fact that I was faster, bigger, and stronger than the other kids but they did know a lot more about football than I did so I did actually unfortunately didn't work smarter I worked harder <laughs> on the football field in high school would you find that uh, that there maybe is someone uh, one uh, having some some PTSD about being grabbed by the face mask and being thrown to the ground, um, <laughs> sharing a story somewhere about then this guy walked on and he and, and I am now forever injured. Um, but seriously, do you think that um, at that age and with that work ethic you had, and I think that everyone sees what you bring to Tone House. Do you think that work ethic had was was really showing through, and that you could, were at that age a mentor, or do you think that, that other kids your age were looking up to you? Do you think that people were kind of idolizing you, or the coaches using you as an example at that point? Um, I would say that at, when I got to high school, it was interesting because I never really was someone that needed uh, assurance from the crowd. So I never was someone that was very clicky. Um, I was friends with football players. I was friends with basketball players, track athletes, people that never played a sport in their lives. Uh, you know, some people that had Down syndrome was one of my good friends in, in school. So I had all sorts of different types of friends. And at lunch, I would pretty much sit by myself. And then the table would become full with a whole bunch of variety of different people. Because um, I was friends with pretty much the whole um, population of the school at the time. So wow. um, with the football team, uh, I became more so of a, a leader from the stand facts, standpoint of that I would lead by example. And um, they always knew they could come to me depending on what whatever it was that they were going going through, and that I would always give them the straight answer, <laughs> even if it wasn't always the um, answer they were looking for. I would tell them what I really thought. Where I'm curious, Alonzo, you uh, for people that know you, I think they know you as a very humble guy um, and as a natural leader. But I'm curious where where you where you got that from where, did you always have a good sense of you like humility um because i know you, i know you don't like to just stand in the spotlight you you always have been someone that wants to put you know other people in a position um where do you get that from where does that come from i mean i'm not sure i mean i'd have to probably say more than likely my my dad well not my dad because he likes the spotlight but my uncle <laughs> um, <laughs> my uncle david i mean he was one of the f first ones that between him and my dad that got me working out um my uncle david i remember one time i saw a belt um at my grandmother's house when he was home he was in the army um and um i looked at the belt and i was like well, what is this and he was like oh it's, it's a boxing championship belt and i was like you box and he was like well, yeah you know i boxed a little bit 
So I'm looking at the belt, and it says 16-0, and 0, and then in some German um, writing. And I'm like, 16-0? and 0? What do you mean you box a little bit? This looks like you <laughs> box a lot. <laughs> Can you teach me something? So he, you know, he taught me a few things. But going back to that, he's just, he was always a humble guy. Um, and uh, I remember when we went to his Ranger Academy, where they had to do this ridiculous obstacle course test. And um, when we were going there, we just thought we were going there to, um, you know, just watch him, I guess, receive a, a small award, not knowing that this man was like the fastest man to, to actually do this, uh, do the actual um, course. So it, it was an interesting experience because he doesn't talk about himself. He's very quiet. I mean, he's uh, been in several different um, instances where, uh, from like the movie Black Hawk Down, that's about him and his platoon. So Whoa. he he never talks about himself ever. So, you know, I, and then just through team sports, you realize as I was growing up and playing sports is that no matter how good you think you are, you are absolutely nobody without your team. Even the person that's the one that you might not see, that person, believe it or not, is extremely important to the actual overall uh, team environment and, and also can help you win or lose a game. The person that's not on the field, believe it or not, can help you win and actually help you lose the game. So that's why it's very important that everyone on the team is well-respected from the equipment manager to the, the person taking out the garbage to everybody that's associated with that particular team. So you really had this understanding of team from a young age. From a young age. I mean, you, you would see – because you start to notice things like certain things I, I noticed um, uh, happening. And then I would see the, the, the repercussions of that. Like um, what? So I've been on different teams where the other team losing to another team is not the big deal. Losing to them, if they're better than you, is not a problem. If they're athletically better than you, then you just have to get better. Um, but the thing that's tough is when another team beats you because they're more disciplined than you mm. uh, or they, you know, they, they were more conditioned than you. Uh, they were more together than you, you know, they were more focused than you. So there's certain things that you can't change. Like they might be taller than you. He might be faster than you. Or she might be faster than you, but you can't let them outwork you, outplan you, out, you know, out, out team you where your their nucleus of their team is better than yours. And that's realistically if the, the team that's more together, I would rather coach that team than just a group of amazing athletes. And is this something that you've really brought with you um, in, into Tonehouse? Uh, there is uh, very much a team mentality here. I think it's very much pushed when you are on the turf here. Um, do you feel like you've taken that mentality and you've been able to uh, ha just translate that into people? Do you think that's what they feel? I believe so. For the most part, people feel um, a huge team environment here at, at Tonehouse. And they also realize what it's like when when they were the first person, like the newcomer on the block, and they were in here and they were struggling, um, and they remember the reception they received. So what we try to do is make sure that reception is well-received so that way when they're the OG in the room and they see another newcomer in the room that may be struggling, that they can help bring them along through it as well. And it just keeps you know, expanding and expanding and expanding to where you have a solid team. Just like when you're playing a sport, when you'd see, like, maybe you see the O-line, and we're doing, you know, uh, gassers at the end of practice. And the O-line, for people that may not realize this, are generally the, the the bigger guys on the team. They don't get a lot of praise, even though they do all the work. So all these cute little quarterbacks and running backs you guys heard of, and you got pictures of them on your wall, trust me when I tell you, if they didn't have an O-line, they would not be on your wall, okay? 
Now, um, those guys still have to do the same type of conditioning. So and at times when you're 300 pounds and you're running these gassers, you get kind of tired. But when you see a really good nucleus team, when you see that last guy struggling, you'll see half the team go out there and run the last one with him. And that's kind of um, one of the things I want to bring into Tone House. I think uh, I think we're getting uh, to a really good spot and learning more about Tone House. I think I want to come back to you a little bit and understand. It sounds like you know, we were talking about some of your some of your mentors. We mentioned your uncle, um, and uh, that was when you were more or less in high school. Um, but moving on to college, you uh, definitely kept your um, your interest in football there. I think you were playing there. Uh, where was that? So actually, my first time going um, out of high school, I went to a church school. So it's funny because I grew up in New York City. And in New York City, I went to all church schools. So I wanted to be a pastor um, coming out of, coming out of uh, New York. When I started playing football in Arizona, when I moved there in high school, um, I was recruited by a lot of different schools. I didn't understand the recruiting process at all. I already told them, like, hey, I'm going to Oakwood College, which is a seven-day Adventist school in Huntsville, mm. Alabama, same school my parents went to, uh, Bribe Knight. I don't know if you guys know that singer, but Bribe Knight went there. There's lots of people that went there. Oh, yeah. Um, and I... Uh, song? Actually, song? What's a, what's a Bribe Knight song? Never can say. I mean, there's lots of fun little songs that I don't want to sing it now. You guys don't want to. <laughs> no, I think I was, I was just trying to beat you or possibly Joe into singing some, some rendition of something here. Right, I thought it'd be yeah. good, yeah. Okay. Nope. We're gonna we're missing this. I one. don't know. That's not gonna happen. Well, so when I when I was in high school and we had different colleges coming over um, with the recruiting process, I had told them I was like, "Well, I'm going to Oakwood College," and I remember them laughing and saying, "Like, what is this? This kid must have thought I was nuts because they're like, what school? What are you talking about, Oakwood College? It's like, I'm you know, I'm the University of Kentucky or I'm the University of this. Um, I didn't understand anything about their university because one, I couldn't watch TV on Saturday. So I never watched college football. That's interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I was seven-day Adventist. So similar to uh, Judaism, you, you know, Friday night, you couldn't watch um, uh, TV or uh, Saturday morning, you couldn't watch it. So by the time, you know, college football was done is when I could actually watch TV. And that's when I was actually watching horror movies at my grandmother's house. So <laughs> long story <laughs> short. Um, yeah, is every, that how you started conditioning days? I mean, every, every Saturday. <laughs> Every Saturday, we, we watched horror movies at my grandmother's house, and we would grade them A, B, C, D. And if you graded a, a D or an F, you weren't allowed to uh, pick the movie for the next uh, two weeks. Get out of here. I promise you. My dad has eight brothers and sisters. He's one of nine, and all of them were young at the time when I was growing up, so I didn't have any brothers or sisters. But um, all my aunts and uncles uh, definitely were, you know, 20, 30. Some of them were 19. So it was uh, uh, they had plenty of energy to play with me. So... Um, <laughs> Going back to college, I actually went to Oakwood College for one semester. Um, but when I went there, it was just so odd because I was six one at the time. I was about 235. I looked like I should be playing for Notre Dame. That's what someone told me. And I missed playing football. You know, I really did miss playing. And um, so I went ahead and uh, I went to uh, Glendale uh, Community College for because um, I remember him coming by my, um, my school. And at that time, because I went to – a church school, the credits didn't necessarily transfer to another school. All those things I really didn't understand because I wasn't, um, I wasn't paying attention. And my parents didn't know anything about you know college sports and athletics. So mm. I played for Coach Christing, which was at Glendale Community College, and um, um, had an amazing season there. It was a lot of fun. And then I went on to uh, Grand Valley State University, which is where I met um, 
Coach Kelly, who's now uh, Brian Kelly's the coach of Notre Dame now. So your football career, Grand Valley State now, you you played there for three years? Um, the funny thing about it is I played there two, two and a half years, I would say. So what happened was during my college career, my mother actually had gotten sick. Um, when she uh, was sick, I didn't realize how sick she was. So that's where the, uh, the half uh, came into effect. Um, everything was going great. I was there. We had our lift-a-thon. Uh, I won the lift-a-thon uh, doing bench press. I forgot how much I bench pressed. It was like five-something. But um, it, was, uh, it was fun. And uh, we were all poised to uh, have a great season. Um, but when I got the call that my mom was really sick, I went home. Uh, they finally disclosed what it really was. Um, and I'm glad I did because if I didn't go home, I wouldn't have been able to spend those those last uh, you know few months with her had I not went home. So this is obviously where things start to take a turn, right? Life throws you an unexpected curveball. So before before this happened or you got the news about your mom, um, you had told me you had some some goals of maybe trying out for the NFL, right, or going down that path. I mean, at the time, I mean just just from simple coaches that were talking to me about my measurables. You know, at the time I could do 225 over 38 times. Um, and, uh, you know, I could run a good 4, 5, 40. And, and my measurables were great. Um, and, uh, you know, they were, there was definitely a the discussion of that. So um, when she passed away, um, a lot of my ambition as far as that was concerned was uh, diminished uh, greatly due to the fact that I wasn't necessarily prepared uh, emotionally nor financially for that type of a loss. Um, lots of things happened. I mean, we lost our house. Um, all sorts of things happened in that particular process because my dad did not, you know, he didn't obviously he didn't want to tell me about like, uh, you know, certain bills and things like that because um, I was probably 23 at the time. And anyway, so we lost the house. Um, eventually, I did complete what I told my mom I was going to do. I told her I was going to go back to school there. When I went back to Grand Valley, uh, Coach Chuck Martin was the head coach there, and he's now the head coach of Miami of Ohio. Um, they had a great season this year. There you go. Uh, shout out to him. Notre <laughs> Dame had a great season as well, too. Shout out to Brian Kelly. But anyway, um, I get back there, and um, Coach Martin was very upfront with me. You know, he was like, yo, you know, we – would love to have you back in here, but you know, we have, we have everybody like we have everyone in your position. They've been waiting a long time as far as like the way it works is it's not all the best man usually plays. Yes. But at the same time, there's a process that goes on. If the kid has gone through the process and they're doing well, there's no point in taking someone away when it's not broke. See, yeah. If it's not broken. You don't fix it. Uh, they were the school at the time. People don't realize it, but Grand Valley state was a powerhouse, meaning we won, we used to win. Oh, it was just unbelievable. We'd beat people 60-something to three and all sorts of stuff. And we were being nice to them. It's just – and the funny thing is it wasn't that our athletes were so much better than their athletes. It was just more so that our team was more collective than um, than their team. You know, or we were coached a little bit better. We were in the right positions. Or, uh, we were just in a, a, a better state as a team. Um, but when I got back to school, uh, Chuck Martin told me the truth. He's like, look, we have Mike McFadden. Mike McFadden was uh, – the guy that won Defensive Player of um, the Year. We had um, another uh, player in my position who played for um, several different teams, named Dan Scuda. We had uh, DJ who played for the um, Atlanta Falcons. Um, 
And uh, so it was a, a stacked bunch, okay? Um, so I told him, look, man, I'm not here to be glorified. I had my time. I've been an All-American before. Mm-hmm. I've, I've enjoyed myself. I'm just trying to finish my degree. And um, any way and form, shape or form, I can help the team. You know, I'm more inclined to help. Now, if that means playing, I'll do it for you. If that means giving you the best look at practice, I'll do that for you. You know, whatever it is you guys need for this particular year, you know, I'm down with it. You know, I'm just here to finish my degree and, and um, see where it goes from there. So he brought me on. I, I was uh, practicing with them and, and, and um, not seeing a lot of game action. But um, it, was, uh, it was for a while, it was just fine. Like I had a great time doing it. Um, we did win the national championship, so that was fun. Um, but I remember it was funny. At the end of the year, it was over, and um, we were we had our football banquet. So because I didn't play, um, this is the funniest thing is because what 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 kind of transpired was a little bit of um, an ego that I didn't realize had, had been there that was kind of, I guess, there because it came out in that particular regard. Where I was just like, man, like, you know, I, you know, they, we won the national championship, but I, you know, I, uh, I didn't really, I wasn't playing much. So, you know, I didn't really feel as though, you know, I was, I needed to be there. So I, I, I lied and said I had something to do. Even I really didn't. I could have actually went and I didn't show up to the banquet. Um, apparently at the banquet, they had this big, um, uh, part of it for me basically talking about my story and how I came back there and different players were talking about how you know what made it better for them in the game was because in practice they were going against somebody that was so much harder than the person they were going up against in the game to where the game was nothing because the person they were going against in practice was like unblockable um and the person they were talking about was me um and it was just it would have been I heard all the beautiful stories of how it went but being there would have actually been really nice to actually see and, and hear all the things that were, were said um, as they were being said. But because of my own ego, I actually wasn't allowed to uh, to see it. So that's my punishment for having the ego there, which is one of the reasons why at Tone House, if you see the door, it says leave your ego at the door. Um, that's kind of where that slogan kind of came from. I think this is really developing yeah. in people's mind, at least my mind, of who you are. We brought together many things. I think that your passions around uh, religion, around family, um, around uh, teamwork, around uh, you know making sure that you're part of something and not being bigger than it, regardless of what you're saying right now about not showing up to the banquet. I think of anything, I, I could only imagine the things that they were mentioning about you now that I know you more now. Um but all this together, this is starting to kind of come together and it's starting to show uh, maybe what Tone House is. Would you agree with that? Is this so yeah. is this is this now do, are you are you fully developed? Do you think that there's everything about you? Is this is this your story so far or is there anything else that you think had brought you to this point of um, uh, where we are at Tone House today? Um, well, one, Tone House isn't actually finished yet at all. Um, we've only scratched the surface of what we had planned to do. Yeah, um, Tonos itself is something that is uh, isn't something that I I did. It's a whole collective group of everybody that's here, from the uh, the people that try to keep our our um, our lobby as clean as possible, our, our our downstairs as clean as possible, and um, 
you know, everyone at this facility has a huge role in how we uh, operate and why we are so successful in what, what we're doing, even though we're nowhere near where we're, where we're going, um, which some of the people are actually going to kind of find out shortly when we give them a little taste of what's to come, um, which I'm very excited about, hopefully um, being able to share that later on this year. Yeah. But where, so, you know, I'm thinking about what's fascinating to me as I learn more about you is thinking about the foundation of just the mentality that you have in the team approach. Like it's astonishing to me to think at such a young age to have this awareness about team and the humility that you have. And I'm thinking about how you come, you like you come back, you're in college, you're playing well, you're playing at a high level. You, you hear the news about your mother, which is, I can't, I mean, I can't even imagine how that throws you for a loop. You're going through these tough times only to come back and be, you just want to be a part of the team. And you don't, you know, I think a lot of people wouldn't be okay with that. I feel like a lot of people would have more, even more of an ego of saying, I'm, I'm the best player. How are you not putting me on the field and be like, I'm not playing for you then, but you you look at it from such a different way where you're like, I just want to help. Uh, I find that it was amazing. almost like he didn't do enough, but like I'm hearing like, wow, he came back to help the team out and really yeah. sacrificed a lot. Right. So when you end up saying like, uh, you know, I didn't receive this, this award, they were talking about me. I didn't show up because of my ego. I don't know if I connect that in my mind. I'm like, Oh man, like that sounds like you really like you deserve that award. Right. Yeah. So, um, I think that is, uh, that's one area that I was, you know, I'm impressed with. Um, I, I think I want to hear kind of where fitness came in. Yeah. Um, because I, you know, I, I don't believe that your story is yet fully developed in my mind when I'm hearing about it. I want to really know like when you really started to, uh, maybe reach out to other people in terms of maybe health, in terms of making sure that um, you can show them what fitness is, what it can do for them. Because at this point, it sounds like you're part of a team. You're making sure that you're building yourself. You are helping other pe people out. I don't know if you're providing, um, you know, conditioning day type of workout for them. But, um, but I mean, you went from thinking about being a pastor to eventually getting into fitness. Like how did that evolution even come come about? So, so fitness in general started very young for me. I mean, my dad had me out. My first pull-up um, was actually on a scaffolding. It's probably like you know, five or six years old outside of Pizza Hut on scaffolding on Queens Boulevard. I um, love that you remember that so specifically. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was, uh, <laughs> I mean, we were excited to have Pizza Hut. Um, it, it, Queens Boulevard wasn't close to my house, but um, you know, every once in a while I was fortunate to have both parents, thank goodness. Um, most of my friends didn't. But um, so my dad was uh, really close with me and um, – Sometimes we would uh, go and get um, something like that as a treat and bring it home. And there was a scaffolding there, so we were waiting for the pizza to be made. And we went outside, and you know, my dad was someone that used to work out at, like, Bally's and Jack Lane and different places like that. And, um, you know, there was a scaffolding there, and we started doing pull-ups, you know. So I, my first actual pull-up was there. Um, one thing I will say is, is just I'd say most of the, the working out part came from him and my Uncle David because I always saw them – uh, being very active. Um, when I went to uh, North Canyon High School, well, first it was Paradise Valley, then they switched it to North Canyon. Um, I remember my first time bench pressing and um, the other kids being like very excited about it. And I remember I'm from New York City, so I, we didn't, I didn't do any of that stuff realistically. Like I would 
lift with my dad, but he wasn't, he didn't have me bench pressing. I was doing push-ups, pull-ups, things like that. Um, but I guess whatever I was benching was decent for a 14 year old kid. So they were very excited about it. And, uh, I just kind of stuck with it. I really liked it. Um, as far as the training aspect, it's, it's, it's interesting because the circle drill, I'll just tell you guys, came from one of my old coaches, Coach Wheatley, um, who had uh, had us doing a, um, a reaction type of drill in a circle for, as far as like team unity, where you would uh, drop down, you might do push-ups, you might do crunches, things like that, you might shuffle, but um, we've you know, obviously expanded it. But every time we do any of those drills, it reminds me of him, and um, you know, it, it brings a little bit of it brings a smile to my face when I see it, but um, but that's kind of where that comes from. But as far as like just training in general, just like when I went to the gym, lifting was uh something that that not I wouldn't say came natural to me, but I definitely um would see higher growth um in that versus some of the other kids that we had. And in the training world, that was something that was always interesting because I always seemed like I, for some reason, like I would think, I guess the old term is think outside the box. So if you saw me working with somebody, because people would ask, like, hey, you know, you played football, I'd be in the gym, they're like, well, can you show me some things? I would show them a couple things, and and then they would say, well, dang, like, um, you know, what what is this? Like, I'd have them do all sorts of weird things, and they're like, well, how'd you think of this? And in my mind, I thought it was just natural. Um, but apparently, uh, you know, it, it wasn't. So I remember my first real uh, training job inside uh place was actually at a community center where my mom was sick. I worked at uh, Mountain View Community Center, and I was their trainer there, and I started doing classes outside. I was 22 at the time, so my mom was still alive, and um, I was doing a, yeah, I was 22, that's something, it's a long time ago. Anyway, we were, I was out there doing classes, um, and I remember a whole, you know, a lot of people showing up uh, to that particular class. And I guess I would say that was the first time I ever taught a class um, was when I was 22 years old outside of uh, the Mountain View Community Center. And all the people seemed to really enjoy it. Um, and the one thing that always like uh, got me really into fitness, I'd have to say, is that when my mom was on her last uh, leg and when she actually passed away and I was able to talk to the doctor. Um, the doctor uh, has seen plenty of people, you know, pass, obviously, he's a doctor, but um, my mom was actually a really, really nice uh, person. And I know when people die, usually they always say, oh, this person was so amazing and nice. And, and honestly, whenever you die, they always say nice things about you. But the truth is, you might not have been that nice. Uh, this young lady really was nice to the point where obviously the doctor was very emotional um, and crying and, and, and things of that nature. He actually said to me, though, um, I asked, well, what could I have done differently to uh, change this uh to try to change the outcome. Um, at this time, I had tried to take her to work out because my mother was obese. Um, but by then, you know, it, it was harder for her to do anything, especially once the cancer uh, took over. Um, so he just said, look, you know, she was obese. And in all honesty, if you had to try to live a healthier lifestyle and also, you know, more into physical fitness, um, she would have had a better fighting chance. Not saying she would have survived, but she would have had a better fighting chance. So um, losing her was a big, uh, thing for me, but what it did do was it made me realize how important physical fitness was and health and that I didn't want anyone else to, uh, have to go through what I went through. So it really got me serious about training. So that's why, yes, 
you know, we laugh, we joke when we're, we're training because it should be fun. But at the same time, we are going to really work out. You really are going to sweat. You know, it's not going to be just because the room is hot. You know, you're going to actually sweat and it's going to be tough, you know, because workouts are hard. It's called a workout, not a relax out. I mean, that's, in, I mean, that's incredibly inspiring. Um, the vision then comes from this, from this place that, um, I mean, I get choked up about thinking every time you tell this story or I, when I hear it or think about it, um, how does that develop into something that tone house is like, where did the, where then did the vision start to become, you know, this idea that you wanted to even open a facility or a brand? Cause uh, I would imagine you're still training people individually. You're helping people on your own, but you know, and you're fueled by this incredible thing, right. From something terrible that happens. Mm. So, and when, how does it blossom into, I want to reach as many people as possible and create this community. So, I, when I was in, when I went back to school, I graduated, everything was good. I um, actually ended up playing football a little bit professionally with, um, with an arena team. Arena had disbanded and they started an uh, indoor league. I kind of got tricked into playing. <laughs> Some of my <laughs> teammates that, that were on the team got me to go over there and um, uh, go to a practice. And next thing you know, I'm practicing. Next thing you know, I'm a 10-day contract. So anyway... <laughs> How do you get wait? How do you get tricked into a practice? Wait a I second, mean, I'm on this team. How do you get tricked? Like <laughs> you just shit on me. How did you agree to just go? So they, they were saying they were just gonna work out. So I love the workout, obviously. <laughs> so I was just like, he All said, right. "Come, yeah, you get to sweat." Oh, yeah, I'll be there. So I went out there and I was at the practice working out, and um, you know, and I uh, signed the waiver and all, and you know, I had some shells on. And shells is for people that don't know is just shoulder pads and helmet. Um, that's without the bottom part. And, you know, the, 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 the coach at the time liked what he saw, and he was like, hey, man, would you, would you consider playing? And I was like, you know, I've already started cutting weight. Um, I'm not really interested, you know, in playing. But then my teammates were like, come on, so come on. So next thing you know, I, um, I end up starting for them for a few <laughs> games. You just went from, like, getting tricked to being a starter. <laughs> They're basically handing you an MVP award. You're like, I didn't even want this. <laughs> it's my first day. It, it was... It was <laughs> It was funny. I mean, we, we, we went to Maryland, played a game. We went to St. Louis, played against them. I mean, it was, it was fun. I had a good time for a second. But, you know, I, I was – I'm very fortunate in the fact that, um, that you know, in football, I, I have no regrets of not, you know, keeping playing for a very long period of time just for the simple fact that maybe, you know, it just wasn't in the particular cards for me. Something else was in the cards for me. And um, I'm, I'm okay with that. And the thing about it is, is – I remember even watching in the arena league when watching the gentleman uh, get hurt really bad because this is back then when we just basically were playing on carpet and cement, so it was uh, <laughs> it was a rough sport. But it was a lot of forgiving. <laughs> no, it wasn't forgiving at all. <laughs> but um, but anyway, as far as Tone House is concerned, I remember when I moved to New York City. Right, I was working with a basketball team. It's an entertainment basketball team, so they did um, you know different types of fundraisers for schools. So sometimes I would go to school with them and I trained the team, but I would also speak at the schools about sportsmanship, stability and health mm. and the, the importance of physical fitness and how it can help with a lot of different things from your self-esteem to you know, the way you feel about yourself to your overall health in general and the respect that you end up gaining uh, for others. Um, now, through that, I remember being at, I was at New York Sports Club. I was doing a power clean. Now, mind you, I've been doing power clean since 92. Um, this is now 2009, 2010. 
And I'm doing a power clean in the gym, and this kid comes up to me. He's like, hey, man, he's like, wow, are you, are you a CrossFitter? Now, I remember CrossFit started in about, you know, 2006. So um, I was, I knew about it, but I was like, well, you know, no, I'm not, not a CrossFitter, but um, CrossFit's amazing, but I'm, I'm not. I'm just, you know, I played sports, you know, football, basketball, and track. And then, you know, I just explained to him that power clean is an Olympic lift that they've been doing for years, you know. And it just dawned on me that, you know, obviously – the kid probably watched ESPN, and the first time he saw a power clean was at a CrossFit game, so he just assumed that if you do a power clean, then you must be a CrossFitter. And I was trying to explain to him. I was like, no, actually, no, you do it all the time. <laughs> and a lot of other reasons. So, But then it dawned on me that, hey, you know, at my high school, we had about 5,500 students, right? Maybe 500 of them played on a varsity level, meaning basketball, football, track, um, what have you. Um, but the other 5,000 never got an opportunity to play on the real team, you know, so, you know, they never really experience what it's like to train with their team. And when you're done with your playing career, what have you, the things that you miss the most isn't really scoring touchdowns or, or sacking the quarterback. It's honestly different moments that you have with your team, you know? Um, and then the reason why people idolize a lot of these athletes a lot of times, because they look great and they look amazing but know that that athlete doesn't look like that by themselves. They don't train by themselves. They train with the team. They have conditioning coaches. They have teammates. And it's just funny how, like, the general population feels that we should just train by ourselves, just go to the regular gym and just, you just train a little bit and we'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we, we're behind the eight ball. So with Tone House, I wanted to kind of let them be on the team, meaning whether you're 5'5", five, five, whether you're 6'5", you're going to be on the team and we're all going to train and work out together. Um, and just basically let them be and train just like the athlete they admire because they could train like them. We may not be six, eight, like LeBron James, but we can train like them. We can train very hard and we can train together. We can train the right way. And uh, basically with Tone House itself, I always told people when we first opened that we weren't a boot camp. You know, it's a sports performance um, uh, boutique studio, meaning, it's basically like if you were to play for the University of Michigan, right? Or if you played for the University of Alabama, if you were privileged enough to do that, and I went to the University of Alabama, the things that you would see and the things that I would see would be different. If I was a student, you were an athlete. You would see things that I would never get to see. Like, that's why we have, you know, Ryan here, who's our in-house nutritionist. He's doing an amazing job, by the way. Um, we have, you know, Dr. Cam in here, who helps with our recovery program. We have an amazing group of coaches that are in here. Um, and the reason why we have all this in place is because these are some of the things you would have if you went to the University of Alabama. You would have a nutritionist on staff. You would have an amazing training program with your conditioning. You would have a recovery uh, program going on. So I was like, well, why not allow the masses this, you know, <laughs> why not let them have it as well? So um, that's basically where, where it came from. So I want to, uh, the team approach is obviously a integral part of this. And, um, I know there's some psychology even to it, right? That we know that we tend to work harder as individuals when you have someone around you. hundred percent. Right. It's very hard. Like I'll give you an example. If you are lifting weights, right. Even if I wanted to try, like I'm 41 years old, but let's say today, you know what, you know, I want to try 400 pounds, right. I haven't done it in a long time. If I don't have anyone around, I might not put 405 on the bar when I'm benching. 
But if I have a teammate or a friend around to spot me, I might try it because even if I'm struggling and I can't necessarily get that last rep, if my teammate just barely touches it a little bit to give me that little bit of help, mm -hmm. it allows me to finish that rep to get that extra, you know, strength to make the muscle grow um, that I wouldn't have got on my own. And then when you're on your own, I mean, you, you get a text, you get an email, you, you know, four sets that you're supposed to do turns into two sets. Yeah. Your rest time between sets ends up getting ridiculous, you know, so it's hard to, to do it on your own. And professionals don't do it on their own either, even individual sports. If you're playing tennis and you're an individual tennis player, you still need to practice with someone to hit the ball back to you. You can't just hit the ball to yourself the whole time. There's things that um, even in boxing, if you were a professional boxer, you don't just go and just train by yourself. You have to have sparring partners. You have to, you know, it's, it's, it's every single thing that has to do with athletics, someone else is helping you. No yeah. athlete is just themselves amazing and no one's ever helped them. Someone's always there helping them, believe it or not. Yeah. So you're taking this approach now of this team-based training. Um, I love I love your story just because of what Tone House is, and it's coming not just from somebody's mind. I think it's coming from this innate passion um, that's just oozing out of you at this point, right? That is what I, I I'm feeling. Tone House says at this point, hearing your story. Um, you're now mentioning something, you know, how, how some of the best athletes may be training, who they have around them. Um, and now this very strong passion, the way that you see training uh, really can be or what brings out the best in people. Do you feel that Tone House is at the forefront as an, and is in front of some of the other, um, you know, fitness group classes? And, you know, where, where, where do you think Tone House falls there? Well, in, in terms of the other group classes, luckily we live in New York City, which is the melting pot for everything. You know, New York is also one of the hardest places to do anything. So if you do it here in New York, more likely you could probably do it anywhere, which is why they say that saying. Um, that being said, I like all the things that are out there. I think everything has its place, you know. Um, where do I see us? I don't really put uh, rankings on different things. Like I don't have a ranking for Soul Cycle versus this or that. You know, I'm, I'm more so, you know, I tell, I used to always tell my clients, look, you know, if you find something that resonates with you, as long as it's not sitting on the couch, you know, go do that. You know, if you want to in New York, we had underwater cycling. We've had we have the naked workout. We have all sorts of crazy. Different Where's that? Where's the naked workout? I, trust me. It sounds good <laughs> until you really think about who's going in there. So, that's that's it. That's <laughs> it. Not know. the people you want. It may not be. <laughs> Is that what happens here at 830 or 5 a.m.? Same thing as a nude beach. I don't want to be. It sounds it, great. It sounds great. But, you know, there's there's there's, there's people that you might not want to see naked now. Um, and I might be one of them. So anyway, the point is, is this. <laughs> the point is, is that, you know, Tone House, I always see it by itself. So I don't really rank us with anyone. Um, all I can tell you is, is that with Tone House, I know what we're what we're trying to do. We have a nutritionist because I believe strongly in the fact of having healthy nutrition in your body. Because just because you might look a certain way on the outside doesn't necessarily mean you're that way on the inside. And because of what happened with my mother um, through cancer, um, having a nutritionist, I thought, was a major uh, component to Tone House. Now, did we do it at the beginning? No. Did we think of doing it at the beginning? Sure. I just wanted to slowly build Tone House to where people could see what we were first before we just dropped everything on them. You know what I yeah. mean? But eventually we will. I mean, the last part that we have, and people will find out what that is shortly, um, once we do that, we will be complete, and then we will spread like the plague. 
Um, but where do I see us? You want you, know, you want to really change that something more positive? <laughs> well, <laughs> there, there, there. The reason why I say plague is because usually plague is is a term of that that has something to do with with of black spreading, right? And our predominant color that we have here is is is, is dark. So oh, now um, I like it. The thing I'm trying to do <laughs> is good. I'm trying to change the narrative on what people think. So sometimes people think. You know the plague spreading is bad, but it depends on what type. What what is spreading? If it's health that's spreading, that's amazing. Yeah, fitness, baby. <laughs> if fitness is spreading. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I just think um, we we always try to bring real stuff to you. So it's we never open Tone House, which is so funny to me. Why I when we first opened, I always would read articles, right? Because I don't read them much anymore. But when we first opened, I used to read everything. And every time I read an article, it was always all oh, the hardest this, the hardest workout, the hardest that. And what it ended up doing was it made other companies that are in New York, you know, for whatever reason, not like us, because obviously, you know, people would say things to them like, oh, well, their warm up is harder than your workout, stuff like that, which I'm sure would make them upset. But the reality is we didn't open up to be the hardest anything. I've never once told anyone we're the hardest workout ever. Never said that in my life. Other people have said that about us. So therefore, we get labeled that, which is also a gift and a curse for the simple fact that you know, it deters certain people from coming because they're afraid. Um, it also is not the whole point of Tone House. We weren't here just trying to make the hardest, whatever. We we're just trying to make an efficient athletic team-based workout to bring you together and to build you up. Meaning a lot of people are so much stronger than they think they are. They put themselves in these little itty bitty bubbles and they don't, they're like, well, I can only do bar class or I can only do the cycling class. Well, no, you could do a lot of stuff. Cycling's amazing. Bar is amazing. But you could do everything. Yeah. You don't have to just do that. If you wanted to do pull a car, if you had to, you could do that. If you need to do this, you could do it. Like, you don't have to just stick to just one little thing. You know, and Tone House, believe it or not, wasn't made to stop you from going to these other places. It was made to make you better when you go to those other places. So when you go there, you'll be able to turn the resistance up on your bike. You'll be able to turn the treadmill up faster because you'll be able to do what the, the, the instructor is telling you to do. You know, when you go to CrossFit, you'll have more energy to do the wads. You'll have the stamina, the endurance, um, things like that. You'll have more flexibility, dexterity. Um, you'll come here. You'll have more nutrition-based stuff versus like fad diets and things like that. Um, you'll be able to learn that you do need to recover. That's why we have cold tubs. That's why I have a doctor in this, on staff downstairs with all types of weird tools and electrocuting <laughs> things and all sorts of things that he has down there. Um, you know, for the most part, we're just trying to make you better um, at life. You know, people are like, well, what are you training for? I'm training for life. That's what I'm training for, you know. I agree with that 100%. I personally, I can agree with that. I think that uh, Tone House, uh, it's, there's, there's things here that you've done that you put together that unlocks people's potential it shows them kind of where they can push themselves and takes them out of their comfort zone and i think really proves to someone that they're able to achieve more uh that is the most amazing thing and i think that you've done such an amazing job of your programming and getting um the coaches to be able to uh project that on other people um i think that you just you 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 have this ability i think to not only have people gravitate towards you but to really see um, how how you how you are able to really hold them up and um, you know just unlock something about them that they never knew. 
I mean, we, we've been very fortunate enough to come across amazing coaching staff. Like even the people that are no, no longer with us, they're all amazing coaches. You know, it's so funny how people, when they talk to me about someone that used to work here that doesn't work here anymore, and then whenever I tell them how great the person was, they're always in shock. I'm like, well, why are you in shock? Just because they don't work here doesn't mean I don't think they're great. <laughs> if they weren't great, we wouldn't have hired them, you know. <laughs> we, we thought they were great for sure, you know. So, uh they, they, and they stay great. So we were very fortunate enough to, to come across good people. So with good people, what you try to do is you try to train them along the philosophy of it. And then once they, a good person adapts to the philosophy of it and they really bring it in, um, into themselves, they start training here like this, they start doing it, and, and they become amazing coaches. So we've been very fortunate to have nothing but literally amazing coaches in our community that's been working out with us over these past you know five, six years has um, had the privilege of meeting a lot of these people on the turf and off the turf, and they've developed relationships with them. Um, they've moved on to other gyms and have been able to actually go to their gym and work out with them sometimes there, sometimes come back here. So, you know, it's 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 been an overall amazing experience. No, it's inc- I mean, it's incredible, obviously. I think, um, you know, one of the other things, too, Alonzo, going back to what you said a little bit earlier about uh, this being a difficult workout, uh, I wanted to touch on, you know, cause I get this a lot, uh, from people that have not been to tone house or, uh, just see it from afar. They think that only athletes train here, <laughs> right? Like professional, yeah. they think Olympians, NFL athletes, right? People that are in season are coming here to get, to get their conditioning. But, uh, that's obviously not true. And that's not even part of your vision. I mean, you truly have been wanting to touch any level of skill set. So the truth is, is this. Do professional athletes train here? Yes. Do Olympians train here? Yes. Do lawyers train here? Yes. <laughs> Do teachers train here? Yes. Does custodians train here? Yes. You know, is a 14-year-old little girl that plays soccer for her club team train here? Yes. You know, do obese people train here? Yes. So we have all different types of ranges because we also have different types of levels. So um, what ended up happening was when we first opened Tone House, everyone was pretty much one level. You know, we started out with our first class. Now, our classes, as the community has gotten better and more in shape, the program has had to grow. So by that happening, what ends up happening was that people, if they were to come in to tone out their first time, if they were to take the regular class, they would be very fatigued because it's not at the actual level that they should be at when they first come in. So we created different levels for them. We have three different levels. One of the levels we have is the intro class. So now the intro class is for someone, an athlete that could be very, very nervous about tone house, an athlete that is, hasn't worked out in a long time, maybe have never worked out before, um, you know, maybe uh, getting a little older and they're not sure about their joints moving and they kind of want to get their body um, and their mind acclimated a little bit. So the intro class allows for that to happen. Um, even if you're a person that used to smoke and now you're trying to stop smoking or you're already smoking and you don't have the lung capacity, um, the intro class is a great class to come to because you can get through that one for sure. Um, once you've gotten to that point, it's almost like in high school where you graduate from freshman to JV to varsity, you get an opportunity to go try the intermediate level class, which is where a lot of people like to kind of stay because it's still an amazing workout. You get that huge cardiovascular element to it. You get a lot of conditioning in that one and some strength as well. Um, so a lot of people tend to like that one. Some people like to take it a step further and go to our regular advanced class where, you know, we, we push the pace even more. 
Um, but the one thing I always try to tell people, look, man, it is not a boot camp. If you get crazy tired and you have to take a break, take a break. People don't realize that people in here take plenty of breaks. I've been here and I've seen people start from their first day and there's not one person in here that I've never seen not take a break. At some point, someone has taken a break, <laughs> myself included. So don't feel bad if you come in here and you're like, oh my goodness, I have to take a break. Well, yeah, you have to take a break. Yeah. Take a break for a second. Catch your breath and jump back in. Most players don't play the whole game. They have timeouts, okay? There's a timeout. They sit on the bench. They have water or Gatorade, depending on the person, what they like. Um, and then they go back out there and play. Yeah. Um, but there's a couple things about Tonehouse. I will say this that probably hasn't been mentioned yet that is very interesting that's, uh, that's happened that I've noticed. Um, we first opened. There's two big things I noticed. Um, one with wardrobe and the other has to do with something <laughs> else. So first I'll address the wardrobe, right? So at this point in time, if you had told me that when we opened, because I remember I was talking with um, Nike at the time, because Nike had, uh, had me as one of their trainers, whatever you call it. And I was uh, there with them and they were like, well, what are some of the trends in fashion that you've seen that are different? So remember, this is 2014. So I was like, well, I never thought in my life that a gentleman would come into Tone House with just tights on and no, like just tights. That's all they wear. Like back when I played, like you had to wear tights, but you would put like shorts over it. You know, that's kind of what we used to do. For some and, obvious reasons. For right. a few obvious Cover reasons. yourself up, please. <laughs> but, but hey, I mean, the first person I ever saw not wear shorts was Terrell Owens. I remember he just wore just tights and the man was in shape and he was doing his thing and, and he was just wearing tights out there. So he's the first one that I saw do it. Um, but then I remember the first one that was doing it in Tone House was a coach that we had by the name of Shane, who's a model. Some of you guys might know him. You probably may not know, but it, when you go to look at some of these different magazines and different things, that, that Coach Shane has been on just about everything you could think of. But before all that, Coach Shane was here, and um, he would wear the most bright, different colored tights and, and whatnot. So um, <laughs> it, it, it was just interesting. And the first person to take his shirt off, as you guys well know, you know, shoot, if I look like that, I'd have my shirt off too. Uh, Coach James is the one, the first one, the first one to take his shirt off um, in, uh, in Tone House. And next thing you know, I'm just seeing guys in tights. And no shirt. So, <laughs> so when I told Nike, I was like, I had no idea that this is what the, the wardrobe would be. But that's the wardrobe, you know, tights and no shirt. They're um, like, wait a second. You're not even wearing clothes. How can we bring anything in here? That's all we want. Just give me your compression. <laughs> they just want the, the tights. But um, and the other thing that made it funny was is is the elevation in the in the I would have to say the um, the unveiling of the female athlete. It's just so funny because. Obviously, I've been in the sports world for a long time, and, and, and everyone knows that there's amazing athletic women. Now, being in this industry, I've realized why it was such a shock to a lot of the people that came here. Because most of the time, when you know, you're know you playing your sport in high school, you're playing basketball against other guys, right? Um, when you're running track, you're usually running against other guys. And I remember being at a track uh, competition and these ladies were running. There was a guy in the stands with me. Um, he was a little overweight, and he was eating sunflower seeds. And um, these ladies were running, and he was in a little bit of a discussion, and somehow I got into it too, where he was like, well, I could probably you know, beat, beat her, beat this girl out there on the track. I'm looking up at this guy like, 
is he joking or is he serious? Does he really think he can go down there on the on the track and run with any of these ladies out here? But he was really serious. He really thought it. But it made me think that what ends up happening is because a lot of times um, they've never been put in a position where they saw or even had to compete against the female athlete. So meaning like if you go to another gym, for, for instance, like you might have a different type of um, weight for this particular bench press versus what the ladies might be pressing or this and that. Um, in Tone House, when we first opened, I would say we have one full sprint down and back. Now, you might be springing against a guy. You might be springing against uh, a woman. Um, the woman might be faster than you, which was actually the case most of the time. And um, it was interesting why we, you know, we have the leave your ego at the door. But um, it was an interesting response because the, the male population finally got to see the female athlete, because we actually had a coach here that pretty much could beat just about any guy except for maybe two of them that would come in here. So um, it was a very humbling experience for a lot of people, but it was definitely uplifting to the female athlete because I even remember a gentleman just telling me, he was like, man, he was on the floor, he was really tired, and he was just breathing heavy, and he was like, Ooh. It's like I'm telling you right now, he's like, this place makes you have more respect for women. <laughs> and I was like, and I started thinking about. It. I was like, you know, he he's right. I mean, because it's it's it is funny when you when you when you see it. I remember one of our first class, um, one of the classes we had not first class, but one of the earlier classes we had back at 17th Street. I remember there was a new guy that came in, and for this particular reason, our, most people don't realize this, but the people that come here know that we have a huge demographic of men and and women. So it's 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 a you know more of a fifty fifty split versus. Um, you know, what's out there in the norm, which is like most group classes have, you know, 90% uh, women and, and maybe 10% men. Tone House isn't like that. We have a lot of men and a lot of women. But this particular class, he was the only male in the class. And I usually do a little intro. So I'm like, you know, how'd you hear about us? And, you know, and, and he said, well, I heard it was hard. He's like, but, and he looked around the room. And he's, remember, it was only women in there. And he's like, mm -hmm. but I should be all right. Judging from what I see, basically is what he said. No, no. Now, what he didn't understand. You just wait. What he didn't understand is, is that I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this guy is saying this because one, every woman in there that was there was savage, right? Um, and even the one that might have been slower is going to run as fast as possible now because you done just called <laughs> That's her right. out. That's right. You just <laughs> called her out, buddy. So now she's going to try her best to make sure you understand. So. I'm just sitting here like these women are chopping at the bit to get this class going because the warm up, you know, can be fast. It could be slow. But unfortunately for this gentleman, <laughs> they were about to make this warm up very interesting. And this is back when we only had 12 people in the class. And this particular class only had about eight people in it. So and he was one of the eight. So the warm up started. Oh, my goodness gracious. These women were flying around the room. Um, but I remember talking to him a little bit after. And he was like, man, he's like, I thought because all these ladies were here. It was going to be easy. I was like, man, it makes it worse. Don't you know these ladies in here are, are, are it's harder to work out with them than it is to work out with some of the guys most of the time. And um, this I, workout puts everyone on a level playing field. Yo, I, it does. Listen, hundred percent. And listen, it, it, it does. It's good. It teaches you about yourself that way. Look, but he's right. As a coach, you start to see the women, man, they, they just, they just outwork the men. Yeah, well, they you know, usually do. They they push. They have a pain threshold 
they listen, they do all the work. Like I'm always impressed with the women in here. I mean, a lot of it is, I'm not going to lie. It's just the reality. They're more mentally tough. Okay. Um, it's just what it is. They're more mentally tough. And, and when they get hit with, uh, different types of adversity, a lot of men, they look nice, they look tough, whatnot. But as soon as you put them in certain situations, um, the women are more inclined to figure it out. They're like, you know what? Okay. This is tough right now, but I'm going to figure this thing out. I'm okay. Whereas the guy's going to kind of look for a way out. Like, oh, shoot, wait, my wrist hurts. Oh, 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 my ankle. You're like, wait a minute. Is it your wrist or your ankle? Well, shoot. Yeah, what is well, it, pal? You didn't have any injuries before. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, that, that, that's kind of how it happens. But it's, 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 it's funny. I think it's great, though, because it allows um, men and, and women alike to get a chance to work out with each other, have fun with each other. We get to see a lot of different things where we've had um, people meet each other in here. Mm-hmm. Um any marriages? Uh, Are there any relationships that started yeah. here? It's so funny, but absolutely. Yeah. So there's been people that have met here at Tone House um, and have gotten married. Um, because one, you, you when you, that's why I had people that used to do this, which was funny, is like guys would want to take them on a date. And we had this one young lady that would bring them to Tone House to, to see if whether or not she wanted to go. <laughs> Are you worthy? 100%. 100%. That's it what you so do. It was so funny. But we've had several different people meet here. Um, and have gotten gotten married, yeah. Tone House, bringing people together. It's better than Mash.com. I mean, hey, it's 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 up there because we have <laughs> we have quite a bit. I won't I won't call them out because I don't want them to be you know embarrassed. But I know who you are, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know you met here and you married, and I'm I'm very happy for you. And some of them are about to get married actually soon. Amazing. Um, and she met. Is her. the wedding here? It should reception? be. No. Maybe you can, should. Can you marry maybe, them? Yeah, you marry them, Alonzo. Well, well, Coach On Sean. The turf. Coach that Sean brings actually, everything full circle. Coach Sean actually broke the ice because they were both really young and they both liked each other. But um, Coach Sean was pretty much looking at these guys, looking at each other this whole time in class. And he was like, all right, forget it. Look, she likes you, okay, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> all right. He, he, he likes you, okay? Now, look. So he kind of got them to, to, to finally just you know, stop just staring at each other across the room so we can get our class going. Um, but anyway, you know, they're getting married soon and, and I wish their families well. Well, you know, I know you started Tone House to become some great place for people to get in shape, but it looks like it turned into a great matchmaking facility and a place to build savage women. Oh, I mean, it's hey, a lifestyle you know, for sure. <laughs> it's, it's been funny. I mean, you, you see some of the, um, God bless you. It's, 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 it's funny, funny because you'll have some people that will bring their husbands here because of some of the things they've seen on Instagram. And the next, you know, their husband is looking like the things they saw on Instagram, meaning the, <laughs> the six pack and the this and the that. So it's, it's just interesting, um, the different reasons why certain people come. I mean, sometimes people come for aesthetic reasons. I remember one person I spoke to actually came here because she had a, has a son that's in a wheelchair and was uh, the, the son is, is bigger. And um, she goes, she lived by this particular park and she had to always go around um, where it was a flat surface to be able to push him onto this part of the park that she liked to be at um, because she wasn't necessarily strong enough to push him up this steep uh, ramp hill. Um, so she was going to Tone House to get to the point where she was strong enough and cardiovascularly in shape enough to push him up the hill. So it's very interesting why different people come. So it's not always necessarily aesthetics, which some you know wives is like, I brought my husband here because I wanted him to, you know, have that six pack I see on, 
on the gram. So she actually came here because she wanted to be able to push her son up the up the ramp. So it's very interesting. You have all different types of people that come in here. It's yeah, I've definitely seen a wide variety. Um, every skill level for sure. Um, which I think is important for people to understand because I know that, yeah, it can be a challenging workout, but I've always views that, viewed it as your workout should be challenging. You want to be pushing. Um, otherwise, I feel like it's just not the, the workout isn't being a workout. I mean, I want to train. I want to be pushed to the limit, um, get to an uncomfortable place and push through, which goes back to why, I, you know, I think everybody keeps coming back here because you get this team environment that you've created that I... I wouldn't do these moves by myself at the level that I'm doing them. Like I, I wouldn't subject, like I wouldn't do that. If you, you could give me the program and tell me like, Joe, you got an open turf and I'm by myself. I might do some of the movements, but I would never work at the intensity and the level, uh, without this community around me. Like everybody just pushes so much harder. Um, and you're right. I mean, I've seen people have huge breakthroughs here that they're like, I can't push this sled. I can't do this. And you're just like, stick with it. You can do this. And people are cheering each other on in here and genuinely supportive. And you see these people have these phenomenal breakthroughs in class and they keep coming back and they just grow. They just grow into themselves and you're like developing such self-confidence and it goes far beyond anything just fitness related and aesthetic. It goes to the mentality and it impacts every area of their life. It's like the most incredible environment here. It's great to see like how it translates to other aspects of their life. When they go to work, they attack things differently. And the yeah. self-esteem that it builds to where they don't feel as though they're so vulnerable. You know, in a city like New York, you you have a tendency to feel like, oh man, it's a, it's a it's 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 dark and it's laid out. You know, a tone house person is like it's dark, it's late, but I know they know they never they never, they better not come over here. Yeah, they know not to bother me. You don't know what I do on a daily basis. <laughs> they know they better not bother me. One, you won't, you won't be able to catch me. That's number one. Number yeah, two, that's right. Number two, you're like, why isn't this person tired? Why did I pick this person to bother? You know, so I don't know. It's just great to see people um, have a, a different uh, thought process of themselves. And um, it's funny when you, when you talk about other aspects of their lives. We have people that actually bring. Um, people here to like, say, for instance, there's been a job um, bosses that have brought people in here. They were thinking about hiring to tone house to see how they work in ad- adverse yeah, yeah. Uh, circumstances. So it's just so funny when you see all the different things that goes on. It's kind of um, fascinating. Actually. It's very fascinating. You know, you see, I get that though. You see someone's mentality, right? Cause you start to see trends. If people are cutting a corner or not yes. finishing a certain move, you learn a lot about a person when they are fatigued, which is why the, the teamwork side of it. And if they believe in themselves, they can actually do something. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yep. oh, they're giving up that quickly. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Which is why a it's lot real. of people, uh, when you, when you'd ask the question about the, the spousal thing, um, which is why some of them try to, you know, look for a significant other because they, yeah. you know, when someone wants to take them out on a date, they bring them here. To see all those different things. How is this person going to react? Are they a nice person? Are they going to cheer on their teammates? Are they going to give up in certain circumstances? You know, so it's it's just interesting to see. So Alonzo, we want to thank you so much for the time today. No problem. This has been like amazing. I like, I want, I would would love to have you back on. I think we want to dive into even more stuff. There's a million questions (laughs) that I still have for you. I don't think they want to hear from the old ball guy. Oh yes, they do, sir. (laughs) You're not that old, dude. (laughs) Uh, So you keep saying you're not old. The reason why I say it is because, (laughs) you know, the reality is I was born in the seventies. Okay. It's now 2020. So I'm old, but I'm okay with it. It doesn't bother me. Okay. 
All right. Well, I hope I look as good as you when I'm old. <laughs> You're going to look better. <laughs> I can tell you that. Right now. But I love, dude, I love hearing the story. Um, I, I, I definitely want to have you back because I want to get, I, I think it'd be awesome to have conversation about like just training specifically sure. honing in on stuff. But um, we want to ask you one final question, I think, mm-hmm. um, to, to kind of leave people with something here. Um, as you've built Tone House and we hear the story about like why this place even exists, right? And and we know that there's a big future that we're planning for and you've been in the industry now for quite some time. What what do you see as like the lasting impact that you want to make in the industry? The thing I, I would like to make in the industry is I think we're already kind of doing a lot of it, but what I want is to make it to where if you come to Tone House, no matter what you're looking for, we'll be able to help you achieve it, right? No matter what it is you're looking for. And right now, we're almost there. Um, but there's one little thing that we have left to do that, you know, if you're looking for it, we'll, we'll have that as well. Let me ask you this, too, to help somebody. If, if somebody listening here right now is on their fitness journey but, but is thinking of quitting, mm-hmm. they're new to just training and building the habit, what would you want to say to that person? I would tell the person you have to realize that no matter whether you're watching the, the guy or girl on TV that you admire, that person started out just like you. When they first picked up the basketball or the soccer ball or what have you, they weren't amazing at it, right? They weren't that great at it. They had to work at it. Um, the thing about it is, is that it's fun. You slowly build up. The great thing about starting from square one is that you don't have these these huge expectations of yourself. You just want to get better each day. If you just get better each day, you'd be so surprised at how, how, how amazing you, you, you could become, you know? Um, and starting off, like, it's funny when people are like, well, I don't want to, you know, uh, bench press because I'm not good at it. I, I always tell the person, well, look, you know, if you never bench, then you'll always stay that way. You know, whether you're like, but I only bench the bar. So what? Doesn't matter. Just do the bar then. Eventually, you'll do a five-pound plate on the bar. Next thing you know, you'll have a 10. Next thing you know, it'll be a 25, 45. Then it'll be two 45s. And then you'll be able to tell someone else that's sitting there with just the bar and they're like ashamed of it or what have you, that look, you bench that bar. You keep benching the bar. Next thing you know, you'll put a five on it because that's what happened. You know, that's just what I did. That's what you could tell them. You know, so everyone starts from somewhere and don't be ashamed of you know, not being able to lift as much as this one, or if you're not as fast as that one, who cares? It doesn't matter at all. You know, just keep working and, you, and you'll see that you're a lot better than you think you are. And your potential is unbelievable. People have no idea their potential and the power they have within their body. It's just unbelievable the power they have within in themselves. You hear many stories of a mother lifting a car off of somebody, off their child or what have you. We have so much raw power, we just barely tap into it, you know? I know there's someone out there that just had to hear that. I know it. That seriously, someone someone just heard that and uh, they are inspired. So uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Thanks for being here, Zoe. Yeah, no man. Problem. This was excellent. There is so much more that uh, I know we can dive into that you can share with us. Um, so we really do hope to have you back. Can Can you share with guys how you have you guys have such amazing voices on these mics? You guys all sound amazing. <laughs> I wish I could be like you and uh, it's, you know, it's not, it's not really me. Uh, you guys are bringing the best out in me right now. Uh, the mic. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, Technology, yeah, man. I don't know. That's what it is. <laughs> sound like Barry Voice White. inflection. Hey, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
Alonzo, you are an incredible human, dude. I appreciate you being here and sharing sharing this uh, yes, incredible story with us. And thank you guys for having me. You bet, man. We'll see you on the turf, guys. Oh, baby. Come and check us out. Oh, baby. <laughs> see you next time. Take care.